Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And it just says this. Um, Jesus was talking. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't, you know, I don't know where some of you may be this morning, um, but he said, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many know that, man, we, sometimes we just need rest for our souls, right? But we find that in coming to him. And then it says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I just wanted to um, open up with that. If it speaks to someone, praise the Lord. But it just was heavy on my heart and I just wanted to, to release that. So, hey, so today is, yes, Palm Sunday. And in uh, typical children's ministry passion, that means it's high five Sunday, right? Palm, get it? Yeah. Anyways, um, so we would, you know, go around, give each other a high five, but now we're in COVID. So, you know, we can't do that and all that. But, you know, we wash our hands singing happy birthday, don't we? Do we still do that? Yeah. Man, you guys are just not following me today, man. <laughs> I am, I'm not doing a good job, um, but it is Palm Sunday, and, um, and, and I'm looking forward to Easter next uh, Sunday, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now, I know that's not a normal verse you kind of start off with um, in a message a lot of times, but Ecclesiastes is right after Proverbs, middle of your Bible, um, but Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and we are um, in our last message uh, about building a strong Christian life. We've reached the finish line. And um, before I move on to that, I do want to mention, yes, we had a great Friday night of men just coming together and connect. But we did learn one thing, that we are not quite as organized as the ladies. And so, you know, the ladies would have it all perfectly. Okay, this food goes here, that food. We just threw it out there. And just said, hey, go for it. And so it was kind of all over the place. But man, it was a good time. And then uh, Russ became our uh, uh, cornhole champion. Um, him against Larry, right? They, man, it was a tough competition. They were looking at each other mean. Uh, first time I saw that competition spirit come out in them. But, um, but Russ came away with the victory. And so he is our, um, our corn, cornhole champion. I went out in the first round, which was totally lame. Right? And I had to take on Todd, and Todd's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do cornhole at all. But yet, he ended up beating me. And so um, I went out in the first round, but that, that's okay. Um, I was in the loser's bracket if there was one. So uh, anyways, all right. So again, we are in this, our very final message of this, this series where we've been looking at the ingredients or spiritual disciplines we need to have for us to have a strong, stable, and mature Christian life. And I mentioned earlier, kind of in, in the context of our, our 10 messages to this, um, but it's a lot like making a cake because you need all the right ingredients to make the cake so it doesn't become a disaster. Am I correct, ladies who make cakes? Or guys, maybe? Right. You got to have all the stuff. I mean, if you miss the sugar, it won't taste, it won't be tasteful. If you miss the eggs, it won't have the consistency. If you miss the um, baking powder and, um, and baking soda, um, then you know what? You, you, you won't do what it's supposed to do. It won't rise. And you just end up with a mess. And so we have to have all these ingredients in our life, in our Christian life, so that we we can get to the point where we are walking in the, dis, the, the maturity level, right? We're walking in, the, in, the, in a sense of, of being able to be spiritually inclined in every area of our life so that we're experiencing God's presence in our life. And so these ingredients are like so important. We can't leave them out. And so we want to make sure that as we kind of wrap this up, we've got our message today, but we want to make sure that, you know what, you don't let go and say, okay, that series is over, I'm done. No, we go back if you have to. Go back and listen. Go back and read those workbooks. If you don't have all three workbooks, then I'll make sure that you can get all three workbooks. But it's such, these are such important ingredients for you to become who God's called you to be, and then you've got to actually do it. Right? Because you can read all you want. 
You can read all you want in the Bible, but if you don't do any of it, who are you fooling? Yourself, right? Okay, so we want to be able to do that. So I'm, I, we've had given you 10. I'm not going to read all the nine off um, so you can go back and look at the workbooks or, or go to the podcast. But the, today, the 10th ingredient is a passion for the fear of the Lord. Okay, a passion for the fear of the Lord. Let me pray and we'll jump right into Ecclesiastes. Holy Spirit, give us a passion. Give us an understanding for the fear of the Lord. Amen. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. This is what it says. It says, now this is Solomon talking. Okay, Solomon was one of the wisest guys around. And he says this, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Okay, so he's wrapping this all up. He's giving us insight. He says, fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. Say everyone's duty. Oh, a little bit more life. Everyone's duty. Okay. Verse 14. God will judge us for everything we do. Right? So he's, he can see everything that goes on. But he says, God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Every secret thing. See, we, sometimes we think we're getting away with stuff, but we're not. We're not getting away with it because he sees it. He knows it. And so we got to get before him and say, oh, man, I messed up. I know this person didn't see it. I know this person, whatever, but I messed up. Lord, forgive me. And he says, yes, I'll forgive you. But we have to understand that the fear of the Lord is so important in our life. But it, so if we're reading this right, Solomon is telling us that at the very least, very least, in our walk with Jesus, in our walk with God. It is the duty of every believer to fear God. To fear God. And when we do, Psalms 31.19 says this, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Think about that. When I fear God, there's a promise right there. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalms 15, uh, 115, 11 says, You who reverently fear the Lord, trust in and lean on the Lord, right? He is their help and their shield. You need help? You need, you know, God being in your life in every area? Then you got to fear the Lord. One more. Psalms 147, 10. And 11 says this, he takes no pleasure in the strength of horses or in human might. Wow, think of that. Because, you know, a lot of times we, we, we rest on ourselves. We rest on our ability and our capabilities and our, our things. But he says, you know what? He takes no pleasure in that. Verse 11 says, no, the Lord's delight it is in those who fear him. Those who put their hope in unfailing in his unfailing love. So we can see, so when a person possesses healthy fear of the Lord, God takes great pleasure in them. When you fear the Lord, and we'll get to a kind of a definition here, but when you fear the Lord, he takes great pleasure in you. He's like, yeah, this is awesome. This is amazing. That you're, you're, you're walking in this. So it's kind of this theme. Can you see a theme going so far? Yeah. That every time healthy, the healthy fear of God produces the, the life-giving blessings of the Lord. Blessings that he pours into our life. And we'll talk about a little more of that down the road here. But that's just amazing, isn't it? But see, the problem is, is that many people struggle with this fear, with the word fear in connection with the Lord. People do. I mean, we, we, we've all heard this scripture, I think. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. But then what happens is people take that and think, okay, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. But then, Pastor Scott, why are you telling us we got to fear the Lord? Well, there's a, there's a principle behind this, right? But see, what people have done is they have taken, taken this and mistakenly said, well, you know what? 
You shouldn't have any fear whatsoever. None whatsoever. You shouldn't, I mean, the fear of the Lord is unbiblical. But that's not true. Because if you look at Scripture like I just read you, what did it say? Fear the Lord and yada, yada, yada. So we know that it is scriptural, okay? And it's crucial to the founda- our foundational beliefs in our walk with the Lord. So what is this fear of the Lord, right, that we should have a passion for? Well, let me first tell you what it's not, okay? As a believer, it's not you being afraid of God and living in fear, thinking that he's going to strike you down at any moment because you crossed the line and you sinned or you did something wrong. See, many people think, man, I've got to live in that. That's what you mean by the fear of the Lord. That God, i got to be so afraid of God because he, he is just this God who is going to just dump his wrath all on me because I'm not a very good person. That sometimes I mess up. But that's not what God, that's not who God is. That's not his character. That's not his personality. See, and the thing is, we got to understand is Jesus already came and he already paid the price for you. Right? Yes, he came already. So, man, he's already atoned for your sin. He's already atoned for everything and you are rightfully in the kingdom of God. So when we mess up, God's not going to just, just, just totally pour out this wrath on you. Instead, what he's going to do is he's going to woo you back to him. And say, hey, you messed up. Take care of that. Get that right. But see, we sometimes get this, oh, I got to be afraid. Almost like, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden. What did they do? They they hid themselves from God. They were in fear, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to us? But see, we can't live in that kind of fear. Okay? Now, Another thing to think about or is to consider the difference between fear and respect, okay? So let me give you a couple of examples. At an early age, right, we all were kind of begun, we were taught about rules and that rules have, when they're violated, they have circumstances, right? Things that you, 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 that'll happen to you. Um, and, and as an example, like when your mom told you, you know, don't touch the, the oven or the stove when it's hot. Or you'll get burned. Now, that's up to you whether or not you listened, right? You wisely obeyed. I was one of those kids that didn't when I was younger. But I learned very quickly, never, ever, ever do that again. But should I have been afraid of the stove? No. Should I have been afraid of the rule? No. Should I have been afraid of my mom? No. But what I should have been, what I, what I learned after that circumstance was, I learned to respect the stove when it was hot. I learned to respect what my mom was, was giving me as kind of a, a, a rule or a law. I learned that. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't have to fear the stove. I don't walk by stoves now and go, oh, I'm so afraid of the stove. No, I just walk by it and I know if it's on, I ain't touching it. I ain't going near it. But see, I've learned the respect of it. I'm not in fear of it. And it's even the same principles when I, as I've gotten older and, and you deal with the, the laws of the land. I don't fear the law of the land, but I respect the laws of the land. Sometimes I go a little faster than I should in my car, but you, you guys get that, right? But I respect the laws of the land the older I get. So it means that, you know what? There's a difference here between respect and fear. Let me give you another example. Electricity. Okay? I mean, electricity is great. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it lights up our room. It's given us all kinds of technology where we've grown and we have improved our lives greatly. But there is nothing fearful about electricity. Hear me when I say this. If it is respected and handled correctly. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Because if you handle it incorrectly, then electricity should be feared, right? Because it could produce negative results, or it could even, you know, have this deadly factor to it. 
And I remember one, one time, uh, so back when I was going to Bible college, I, I was doing maintenance and I was doing all kinds of stuff or whatever. And so one time they told me, hey, I need you to go change one of those plugs in the wall, those outlets. Okay. Now, you guys, I've told you before, I am so challenged when it comes to anything maintenance-wise, other than just being able to vacuum or move chairs. Other than that, man, I'm pretty challenged. So I get a screwdriver, you know, unscrew the thing, whatever, and I decide, okay, well, I'm going to take this thing. So I, you know, I'm trying to be careful. I, 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 you know, whatever, but I'm unscrewing the thing and I, I get the one off and then I, I unscrew the other thing and I get the other thing off. Well, you know, being the guy I was, I didn't tape off the whatever. So what happened was, is my screwdriver hit one of the, the things, the um, wires. And all of a sudden, man, I got the shock of my life. The wall burned a little bit, black, Right? And I, and you know, that screwdriver man, like, wow, like that or whatever. And a spring, you know, went up, up the thing. But see, I didn't, I, I, I didn't do it properly, right? So I don't walk now, I don't walk by an, an outlet and get fearful of the outlet and go, oh my gosh, I hope it's okay. It won't shock me, right? I, I st- I'm bad. I'm telling you, I'm just bad. But the thing is, is, is if, I, if, I, if I did it correctly and respected it correctly, then there would be no problem. All you electricians or people who know how to do all that, praise you. You guys are awesome. But you're also probably shaking your head going, Pastor Scott, you're a dork. Like, how, how could you not figure that out? But see, there is no need to fear electricity as long as I respect it, right? Even in thunderstorms, and it's our lightning it's coming. If I respect it, I'm going to get inside. I'm not going to go out with an umbrella and go, hey, come on, let's see what you can do. No, I'm going to get inside and take shelter. That's respecting it. I'm not going to fear it, but I'm going to respect it. And the fear of the Lord is, so, is, 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 is much the same, right? If you choose to ignore and violate and disrespect the principles and the presence of God, then you know what? You are making a choice to experience a diminishing of God's presence in your life, a diminishing of God's uh, power, blessings in your life. There's, there's negative consequences to it. And what I mean by that is when you just kind of just ignore it, like you read scripture and you go, oh yeah, I, I see that, but you don't put it into practice. And you just lightly just take it for granted. And you kind of like, well, yeah, I come to church on Sunday and that's okay. But there's more to this walk with Jesus than just that. Just coming to church on a Sunday. It's, it's an everyday life. And so when we come and humble our heart and live according to God's truth, you know, and, and endeavoring to be respectful and to honor and to handle the, the, the power and the presence and the word of God, it will produce amazing blessings into your life. It will. And I mean, we've read a couple scriptures where God said, if you'll fear me, look what I'll do. That's, that's some great stuff. But by you and I understanding this, it helps us to recognize that the fear of the Lord does not mean we need to be afraid of Him. But it means us having a deep reverence, a respect, a sense of awe, and a healthy fear for who God is and what God has established. Do you reverence who God is in your life? Do you reverence what Jesus did for you on the cross? Or do you just keep on this path of sin? Do you reverence what he did? Because, you know, God gave his only begotten son, his one and only son. I mean, that's amazing. But do we, we have a reverence for that? Are we in awe of who God is in our life? Right? And I'll take it a step further. If, if we don't, then we, then we probably just aren't even experiencing God doing things in our life. Because God blesses those who fear him. Not, I'm afraid. But those who go, man, you know what, God? I'm, I'm going to try to do everything I can not to, to, to um, you know, follow my own life or follow my own path or, or, or follow my own flesh. I'm going to try to do everything I can to reverence you in my life. To reverence what you're doing in my life. See, and once we, we begin to have this 
reverential fear, this healthy fear, it activates God's power by the Holy Spirit in your life. I mean, how many want God to activate power through you so that when you pray, things happen, right? When you're you're talking to people, man, you're just being this witness for the kingdom. You're fulfilling what God wants you to do. But see, part of that is it starts with this, this very principle of you and I being reverent towards the things of God in our life. Making sure that those things are, are the most important things that we're, we're surrounding ourselves with honor and, 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 and respect of who God is and his presence and his power of what he's doing. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So right here, this verse is telling us we never need to be afraid of God if we are living in obedience to His Word and properly responding to Him. Right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if I am, have, have this healthy fear of God going in on my life, right? And I am walking according to his word and his promises, then I never need to be afraid, right? I never need to be afraid of God and think, oh my gosh, I got to be like Adam and Eve and I got to go hide in my bedroom or I got to go hide somewhere and I hope God doesn't see me. Well, too bad he's going to see you anyways, wherever you go. But see, we never need to be afraid, of, 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 of what's going on in our life because we've already established that I'm living according to God's word and, and God's presence in my life. Because whether you realize it or not, God's presence is in your life. If you are a believer, then God's presence is in your life. And see, we need to respect that. Right? The Bible talks about how our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, how are you treating your body? What are you doing with your body? Now, I'm not necessarily saying like diet or something, but I'm talking about just, you know, things that go into our eyes, things that we go into our ears, things that maybe we do with our flesh that, you know, aren't giving any glory to God whatsoever. Right? Those are the things that we've got to begin to watch. But see, we can't keep just treat God with this casual, you know, oh, well, yeah, he's, he's there. Yeah, you know, sometimes I follow it, sometimes I don't. And, 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 and he, he, he gets that we, we stumble sometimes, right? We all get tempted. He gets that we stumble sometimes. But see, it's when we, just, we stumble and we keep on stumbling. And we just keep on, oh, God's a God of love. God's a God of grace. And we just keep stumbling and stumbling. And he's like, no, no, see, see that's where you're missing that fear of the Lord. Where the fear of the Lord is, I stumbled. I didn't mean to, but I did. And I want to run back to my daddy. I want to run back to him and say, I'm so sorry for what I did. Will you forgive me? And he's, oh, yes, I'll forgive you. But see, when we just kind of let it go, and we let it go, and we just keep letting these things just build and build and build, it kind of develops in us this callous heart to the point where, man, we're no longer in fear of the Lord. We're just kind of doing what we're doing. And you know what? I, I, you know, God will forgive me down the road. We can't treat, we can't treat it that way. The other thing is, is that spirit, in the spiritual realm, that the spiritual realm has laws. And when they are broken, the negative consequences are the result. So we have to understand that, you know what, when we um, get into the, these things that, that are, are, are wrong in our life, we violate these spiritual laws. We do. And that's the goal. We don't want to violate these spiritual laws. We don't. So let me give you three things. We're going to transition into our points. But let me give you three things regarding a passion for the fear of the Lord. The very first one is we must develop a heart that fears the Lord. We must develop a heart that fears the Lord. Because I do not think that it's a natural thing. 
It's not natural. Right? We've talked about, you know, our flesh wanting to rise up and be more important than anything else. So we have to learn how to develop it. This, this fear of the Lord. This respect. This honor. So let's look at the early church. Acts chapter 2. Because I believe the early church um, is a great example for us. Because they understood the need to walk in the fear of the Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. We've read this, this before already. But it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then, what happened? Fear came upon every soul. Not, ah, but fear that said, oh, wait a minute. Man, we got to put God first. It says, fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So how was the fear developed? Okay. Now remember, we we discussed earlier, we covered this meaning earlier in one of our earlier sessions. It said steadfastly, right? It has that word steadfastly. We learned that that meant to be intently focused and committed, to be hardworking with diligent effort, that never led up to the point of um, um, obsession or addiction. So in the process of these early believers becoming obsessively, right, devoted to the study of God's word, at least that's what scripture tells us. So devoted to the study of God's word, they're partnering with the Holy Spirit and one another. That's key, right? You know, think about this. You know, sometimes we think, oh, well, we can go solo. And we've talked about how the fact, hey, you know what? You don't, you don't, you, you know, we're supposed to do church as a community. Why did God, why didn't God just leave Adam alone and just go from there? Adam needed a helpmate. Adam needed a partner. Adam needed to do community together with his wife, Right? Because he could have just said, okay, Adam, boom, there you go. You're in charge of all the land. You're in charge of all the, 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 the animals, da 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 and boom, that's it. But see, he created Eve to be a helpmate, to be a partner, to be someone in community with him. It's so important that we understand that because we have to be in community together. Not only are we supposed to be in community with the Holy Spirit, but also with one another. And then also they would come together and they would pray together about everything. Okay? So what it did when they did those things and they became obsessed with it, they became addicted to it, it developed in their hearts a passion for the fear of the Lord. They made those things a priority in their life above other things. And all of a sudden, within them, this fear of the Lord began to grow. And it's the same way it's developed today. Just, just take that as a, a, a schematic or a, a um, um, uh, yeah, whatever. But, but whatever that thing is that you would say, okay, that's how I do it. Go back to Acts chapter 2. Verse 42 and 43. If you begin to put all of those into place in your life, then you know what? You'll grow in your fear for the Lord. You, you, it just, it will begin to come natural. Because when you combine all of these things, it nurtures this healthy, godly fear for the presence and the power of God in your life. Which goes on in verse 43. It tells us this. Again, it says, Then fear became, came on every soul. Right? Because they handled God's word. They had relationship going on. They, they prayed together. They, they developed these relationships together. And then what does it say? Because they had the fear of the Lord, what happened? The power of God showed up. It says, and many wonders and signs were done. So, I'm, I'm putting this together. You know, one on one makes two and all that stuff. But I'm looking at it and saying, okay, if I develop a healthy fear for the Lord and I put all these things into practice, then my fear is going to begin, fear of the Lord, healthy fear, right? My reverence for him is going to grow. It's going to expand. 
But then it says, and many signs and wonders were done. So that when I go to pray for someone, I should expect God to show up. Right? I should expect the power of God to be able to be released in my life. Same principle for you. I'm no, I'm no, no one special. But if you put these things into, into practice in your life, and you are making those, the, the thing, and you're growing in your fear of the Lord, then you know what? It just says that, man, many signs and wonders showed up in the, the, what the apostles did. So we must develop this godly fear, right? But here's the deal. Recognize it's a daily process, okay? It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a daily process that you got to work on because you got to develop it, right? Okay? And if you define develop, it's taking something from um, dormancy, okay? Hopefully I said that right. But taking it, which means basically something that is inactive, to or towards fulfillment. Okay? How, 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 how I think about this, or at least how I thought about it in, in this. Trees. When trees are in winter, there's no leaves. Once we get to spring, right? So they're dormant. They're not doing anything. They're just kind of there. Well, they're doing something, but I don't know what that is, right? But all of a sudden, when you start getting to spring, you start seeing them moving into where they're called, right? Or what they're supposed to be. All of a sudden, you know, we get the allergies because that green stuff floats all over the place and gets on our cars and in our nose and all that stuff. So allergies come. But, but all of a sudden, you see the leaves start to be created. You start to see the purpose of the tree come to pass. But see, that's the, that's the same principle. We've got to work. We've got to develop each and every day our passion and our love for the Lord to, to the point where, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in my Bible. Right? I, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities to partner with the Holy Spirit and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for opportunities to even connect in the community of people that love the Lord too. I'm looking for opportunities to even pray for things and to believe God for things. And I'm, all of a sudden, man, the Holy Spirit starts working in us and starts developing this fear of the Lord. So it's a process that we have to go. We have to develop it. But in order to do that, we've got to first start being honest with ourselves. We've got to be honest and ask ourselves some questions. Do I fear the Lord? Again, not afraid. Oh, right? But it's very much, do I respect him? Do I honor him in my life? And I'm talking not just on Sundays. And I'm not talking just maybe three days out of the week. I'm talking 24-7 all the time. If how I'm living my life, it is, is it bringing honor and, and respect because I fear the Lord more than anything. And, and you know what? Realize no one's perfect, right? But that's where we can ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to see those areas in my life. Maybe I'm really great reverencing God in this, but maybe I'm, I'm, I'm really bad when it comes to my friends, or the people I hang out with. I, just, just an example. I'm not calling anybody out. Okay? So where do you start? So I told you this, but let me give you the scripture because I, I, I just think it's so cool. Psalms 25, 14 says this. The secret. Now this is the Amplified, so it always kind of expands it out a little bit. It says the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. Did you catch that? The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him, and He will show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. Okay, now it's good. Okay, because it, it, it starts in the secret place. You ever heard that before, right? Or it's you and God. Okay, but I love this because that, that secret is the word sod, meaning secret, intimate session. Not just place, but it's a session, right? I mean, you ever gone to a session before? 
Like, I guess you're in a session right now. Or you, you're, you were in a session with a counselor, or you're in a session with, with the principal. I've been there before, right? Or you're in a session where, you know, kind of this dialogue goes on in a sense. But it's a secret, intimate session. So it conveys the idea of an inner circle or meeting of individuals where private details are shared. That's you getting alone with God and you and God talking and conversing and allowing God to share you some intimate, right, private details. That, that's just where all the revealing begins. And then it goes on and says, he will show them, right, or it depicts God's promise to reveal, instruct, and continue to give you firsthand knowledge of God's plan for your life. Firsthand knowledge of this relationship that you have with him. But see, it's done in the secret. It's not done in the public. Right? I, I would say this. Coming to church is the public. The secret is what you do at home. That's where you're going to get the revelation. That's where you're going to get the understanding. That's where you're going to get God downloading some info into your life. Not just the He'll do some in the public. But man, he wants the, the, the secret. And so here he is. He wants to show you his covenant, right? It says that in the, in the scripture. And his covenant, again, like we talked about a while ago, his, it's his contractual agreement to those who fear him. There are covenant benefits that God wants to give us. It's his word. So we have to press in to this healthy fear, right? It has to develop in us. But let it take day by day, step by step, but get in the secret, not in the public. Amen? Okay, man, you guys got the serious look on me today. Okay, second, second one is developing the fear of the Lord eradicates our misplaced fear. Okay, developing the fear of the Lord eradicates our misplaced fear. Okay, the enemy uses fear from all kinds of avenues, right? He does. He uses fear, right? There, there's kind of, there's natural fear. When like maybe something happens or, or, or you, know, um, you know, somebody comes from behind you and goes, boo! And you're like, wow, I was scared! You know, or had this fear. Or, you know, walking when it's, you know, dark at night or something like that. And you're just like, oh, it's so creepy. That's kind of a natural way. But see, the enemy uses that. Right? The enemy uses it when we, you know, but even when it comes to spiritual things. You know, I, I guess you could say like demonic fear. We get, we get afraid of that. Okay? But he uses that. Also, you know, you can get, you, you, there's a fear that's created in, in church. And that's religious fear. Where people say, you know, hey, you know, you, 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 you got to do it a certain way. And if you don't do it a certain way, then you, you just, you know, ah, uh, right? Because they're so much more holier than me. They're so much, you know, they're just perfect, and I'm just not, right? You ever run across those people before? But see, that can create a fear in you. Like, I don't want to worship God because I am such not the right good person I'm supposed to be. But God's all, that's when I want you the most. That's when I want to spend time with you the most so I can talk to you. And I can love on you. And I can encourage you. But see, that, that religious fear tends to give us this fear to stay away from God. But see, those are all the things that, you know, the enemy uses to deceive us and distract us from walking in this fear of the Lord. But the number one way he does it is, you know what? The fear of man. The fear of man. Because at its core, the fear of man is really about our desire for approval. Right? It's our desire for approval. We all desire approval, right? And the enemy knows it. And he uses it. Now, I think God created that um, desire for approval. But it's supposed to be the desire approval of him. Right? Because, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the enemy is a twister of truth. 
And so he's taken what the truth is that God says, you know, I've given you the desire for approval because I want you to understand I approve of you. I, I love you to the point of I, I just want to pour uh, my life over you. But see, the enemy twists that, right? And then we get into this thing about a fear of man because we're afraid our approval rating will go down, right? To kind of just put it in a, a general sense. You know, we're always hearing about the president and his approval rating and where that is, and he keeps on sliding and sliding and sliding, at least nowadays, right now, right? But, but see, what happens is we look at it and go, oh, well, I don't want my approval rating to go down with my friends. I don't want my approval rating to go down here or here or here. See, we become fearful of that. I got to maintain my approval rating. Now, we don't sub probably subconsciously think that, but, it, but, it's, but it's true. We have this fear that kind of takes, takes over. And, and what happens is, is that the, the, the enemy uses that to, I, I would say, kind of enslave us in a, in, in a negative way, right? Because the fear of man becomes greater than the fear of the Lord. We fear man. If we allow this to, to, to take place, more so than we do, we fear the Lord because we're about approval. This is what Proverbs 20, 29, 25 says. It says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on trusts in and put his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. I would just, you know, maybe the Jefferson uh, version of the, the JIV or whatever you want to call it, Jefferson International Version, Right? I would just say whoever fears the Lord is safe and set on high. Because that, those are all principles of reverencing the Lord. Trusting in, putting his confidence in. Now, the Hebrew word for snare refers to a trap a hunters would use in order to catch animals and birds. And so the fear of man, it entraps us. Right? It hinders us and trips us up from obeying the Lord. Because the Lord says something, our friend or somebody says another thing, or will give us kind of their attitude towards what we're hearing or we feel like the Lord said. And which way do you lean? Do you lean, yeah, okay, I guess I won't go that direction. Yeah, I guess I won't, I won't, I won't even invite them to church. Because I, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be, you know, talked about. I don't want to be whatever. Or, 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 or whatever that may be. We tend to, to allow it to just kind of hinder us and trap us from not being obedient to what God tells us to do because we're afraid of our approval rating. In Jesus' day, the fear of man ensnared many of the Jewish, the Jewish leaders. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43 says this, Nevertheless... Even among the rulers, many believed in him. So these are religious leaders. Okay? They believed in Jesus, but look what it said. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. Wow, that's indicting. I mean, I mean that's, that's one of those things. We, we, we should go before the Lord. Do I love the praises of men more than I love the praises of God? Sometimes, yeah. Just to be honest. Because you're you looking for that affirmation. But man, I should be more concerned with the fact, God, man, am I approving to you? And if he says yes, who cares if they ever approve of what I say or what I do? Because I know that I'm following what the Lord said. Then Jesus warns the apostles this, he's, um, about the misplaced fear of men. He says this, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him, right? Capital H, meaning God. Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus was urging them to not fear man when persecution comes. Right? Or when your approval rating dips with your friends or with your family or with those that you know. 
right? Because when that happens, when we allow that to, to take center stage, that becomes misplaced fear. Because we, we are, are fearing man than we are more than we are fearing God. Right? And Jesus was saying, man, you know what? The, what's the worst thing that man can do to you? Kill you? Right? They can take, but where do you go? To heaven. The place we're all looking towards, right? Man, you could do like, you know, a little jig and dance around or whatever. So it's not like, hey, I'm losing if that happens. But man, you know, your flesh will wrestle with it, right? You know, and, and what else could they do? They could hurt you. They could beat you. They could yell at you. They could slander you. They could mock you. They can hate you, right? But they can't kill your soul. They can't. Right? And we, we can be tempted by fear on those things. But man, I, I, you know, you look at, at those who are serving the Lord in the Middle East or in other countries, and man, they got no fear of man. Even with a gun to their head. Denounce your belief in Jesus. No. Right? But man, America, we got a cushy. It's just cushy. We don't ever have that happening, at least that I know of. But see, that's the thing. We've got to get to the point where, man, I fear God more than I fear man. I, I, I am making sure that I am in the right relationship with him all the time. Because, right, it says God can destroy both soul and body. I'd rather that not happen by God doing it. I'd rather happen it by, by man trying to at least kill the body. But man, he won't kill my soul because I know where my soul's going, right? Again, remember, it's not about trembling, you know, in fear of God, but it's about this healthy respect and trusting. But see, we've got to choose to develop it properly, right? And when we do, then you know what? It grows in us. We become more spiritually mature to the point where we're so secure and safe and so shielded, kind of knowing that God is our refuge, that the only approval that we need comes from God and not from man. You, but you got to work towards that. You got to develop that because that's not natural for our flesh, not natural for our mind. But that's why God says, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do that, then you're not going to be snared by your approval rating to man. Let me give you the third point. The fear of the Lord is full of blessings. Again, don't forget, there are spiritual laws that must be obeyed if you want to be blessed. Okay? And the word of God is full of promises to those who reverently, with a healthy fear, that fear him. Here's some of the blessings, okay? Psalms 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Now this Hebrew word clean means pure. So that tells me, so when, when the fear of the Lord is real to you, and you're walking in it, it acts as a clean cleansing agent, purifying every part of your life. If we are walking in it, understand it, and say, man, you know what? I, I, I want my life to, to fear the Lord in, in a good way because I'm reverencing Him and honoring Him and all of that, then you know what? It acts, this thing acts like a cleansing agent. It makes you pure. It purifies every part of your life. And then it goes along, I'm going to say, it says endures forever. Meaning not just here, right, in your earth. Not as it just cleansing you on earth. But you know what? It kind of undergirds the culture of heaven as well. It just does. Let me give you a couple more. Psalms 25, 12 through 13. Says, who is the man that fears the Lord? Okay. Says him, that means you and I. Shall he, that's God, okay? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Meaning God will give you divine direction. If you fear the Lord. Verse 13, he says, he himself, that means he's talking again, 
you and I, shall dwell in prosperity. So there's blessing if we have the fear of the Lord in our life. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Right? I mean, you want to live a long life? Have the fear of the Lord going on in your life. Proverbs 14, 26 through 27. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Psalms 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want or lack, right, to those who fear Him. Man, if I'm walking in fear of the Lord reverently, honoring Him in everything that I do, man, I I shouldn't experience any lack because the Lord said He'd take care of me. The Lord said He'd be there every step of the way, no matter what it is, He will take care of me. Last one, Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Man, satisfaction. So I hope you're catching this thing, right? And really, there there are so many more that I could share with you. But they all have this common denominator, right? Right? For us to see the blessings of God in our life, we have to have the fear of the Lord. A healthy fear of the Lord. And so if that's the common denominator, then shouldn't that be something that we we put some stock in? Shouldn't that be something that we should have a a passion for? How, how, How do I live a life that fears the Lord? Not in fear, but in respect and honor. And that's simply by, you know what? obeying and listening and and, and following His direction. But we grow in that by our opportunities to get in the Word, to be around people that also are are in a passion for following the Lord, to, to, to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and direction, to get together and pray with people. You know, it says, confess your sin one to another. Why? Well, God already knows your sin. But you know what? Sometimes when you've, you, you horizontally release it, it makes it so much easier to walk free of it because it's out there. But that's, I mean, that's boldness. Hey, brother, can you pray for, you know, whatever. But man, that, that's just part of, uh, part of his deal. But it might as well be you, right? I mean, it might as well be you. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay? And learn to please Him every day. Again, develop it. Okay? Just like the tree. You know what, Pastor Scott, I, I, I've got a little sprout going off my branch. Right? Now you're not going to grow, you know, sprouts or leaves. But you know what I'm talking about. There's certain things that start to grow in your life and all of a sudden you're thinking, whoa, I never had that before. That's awesome. That's what God's talking about. Yeah, celebrate that, okay? But see, we can't just become casual, right? And, 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 and not approach God or, or, or only approach God on a Sunday. We just can't be irreverent towards the things of God. We've got to understand that there is so much more that God wants to do 24-7 in the day, in our lives, through our lives, that we can't just kind of casually just put it on the burner until next Sunday, No, we've got to be able to say, you know what? He wants to do it every single day of my life. So am I putting myself in a position to be, you know, have reverence towards who he is in my life? Right? If we were to think that Jesus was standing right next to us when we have an opportunity to sin, would we sin? Probably not. If he's standing right there, hey, Jesus, no, I ain't going there. No, you're standing right next to me, right? But see, that's the kind of thought process we need to have. That, that's how we need to like kind of, you know, internally put this thing and say, okay, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to honor God above all else. And here's the thing I'll say. You can do it. This isn't, 
rocket science, right? This isn't like, you know, well, I'd say algebra two, but I think maybe even go a little bit farther, trigonometry or whatever, calculus or whatever. It's not that. I look at my son's stuff and I go, huh? But he gets it. But, but, but we have to understand it. It's not that hard. It's just basically humbling ourselves and saying, God, I'm being honest with you. Here's where I'm at. And I got some areas in my life that, man, I haven't really, you know, honored you very well. But I want to change that. And God can work with that. But see, it's when we ignore messages like this or opportunities that God's like, aren't you hearing it? Aren't you getting it, church? Aren't you, aren't you going to be available? And so we have to understand we have opportunity to do this. And everyone can do it. We can walk in this fear of the Lord. And when we do, then get ready for God to release his power in your life and through your life, right? I, th- I believe that he wants to do miraculous things through all of you in your sphere of life. He wants to do great and mighty things, but sometimes we have to realize and recognize, you know, where am I at right now with the Lord? And if I'm not right with the Lord, then you know what? I can't expect him to do anything. So to wrap it all up, right? We've given you 10 different spiritual disciplines that really we should be passionate about every single day, every single day in our walk with the Lord. And the goal is is so that we'll become strong, that we'll become stable and mature believers so that you can be all that God's called you to be because he's called you to more than what you're experiencing right now. Just telling you. That's a challenge he has for me. So, God, you're experiencing some things, Pastor Scott, but you know what? I got more things for you. So I just translate that to that's everybody. Wherever you're at right now, don't be satisfied. Expect God to grow you and mature you to the point where, you know what? Man, I, I'm seeing all kinds of things happen in, in, in my life. Just because I'm serving him, I have a fear of the Lord. And man, he's using me and he's, he's doing all these things. But see, that's what he wants for your life. But, we, but, but if we put these things into our, our life, you know, a passion for God's word, a passion for worship, a passion for the Holy Spirit, a passion for prayer, a passion for humility, a passion for honor, a passion for, you know, um, authority, and a passion for the fear of the Lord. If we put all these things together, then you know what, man? I, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to see such growth happen in your life that you are going to be amazed. And I, I even believe people go, wow, what happened to you? Well, I got a passion. A passion for what? Well, I can lay 10 things out for you if you want, right? Or you can just say, man, I got a passion for the Lord because these things are working in my life. So I'm just going to say, man, if you haven't put them into practice already, now is the time because our world is not getting any easier. Our world is becoming more, farther and farther away from God. But man, that doesn't mean the church has to get farther and farther away from God. And what is the church? Us as people. We're the church. So let's press in. Okay? But that's my challenge to you. Like I said, if you haven't heard all 10, go back, listen to the podcast. You know, go online, look for uh, messages, see the podcast. And you can listen to whoever your favorite pastor is. Hopefully it's me, but whoever your favorite pastor is. You can listen to Pastor Gill, Pastor Robert, Pastor Brown, whoever. But all, all, all of these principles are laid out for you, for us to walk in and, and so we can grow in our maturity. Praise the Lord. Yeah? Okay. Bow your heads. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for um, this, this 10-week season regarding these spiritual disciplines. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been speaking and working in each one of our lives in such a way, even in the ones that we've heard and eventually the ones we will hear. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to grow in us a hunger and a desire for the passions of of these principles to be something that overrides our flesh, overrides our mind, overrides our emotions, 
but begins to become a discipline in such a way that no matter what we follow through, we, we, we put into practice every single one of these so that we can live a life that truly, truly fears the Lord. I, I believe that, you know, as we put all these into pr- principle, they, they just fall in line, right, with the fear of the Lord. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, for just working on us, continuing to encourage us, continuing to give us hope, continuing to, to allow us to walk in the grace that you provide so that we can see these spiritual disciplines grow in our life in such a way that it's pleasing unto the Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing upon our, our each and every person here today. I thank you for your presence in this house today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking each one of our language to where we can understand what it is that we need to put into practice so that we will have the fear of the Lord. And I thank you for all that you're going to do throughout this week. I thank you that your grace is sufficient in every area of our lives this week. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, man, I'm so glad that... uh, um, you are here today, and it give us an opportunity again to just talk about Easter. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.